Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 23, Episode 3 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Mac. This is Tappy. I'm Clara. And, uh... It's Friday, finally. We gotta get down on Friday. Yeah. Friday. <laughs> well, look at the time. <laughs> Best song ever. <laughs> it's time for Mac so. goes literally somewhere else o'clock. <laughs> I'll go with you. Oh man, totally, totally cover that song. That'd be awesome. Please do it. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly very on board for this. <laughs> ah, ah. Absolutely. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG <laughs> Podcast, Johan from Sweden talks about splitting, party splitting, and exploding dice. Joshua from Canada sends us a couple... Sends a couple... They send us, they send us a whole couple? Of stories, I think. Oh. And contends... <laughs> who are those people in the back? <laughs> I, and, I, and, and was I supposed to do that to them? I was wondering why they kept saying A. <laughs> They're and, very polite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and contends that burps are okay in Canada. <laughs> Stephen Sokal writes in on the virtues of accurate timekeeping, per the Gygax. No questions. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And we're on MeWe. Happy Jack's RPG, all one word. MeWe is uh, a lot of people from Google Plus because there are a lot of RPG people on Google oh, Plus. Yeah. It's going to be shutting down in like a year or something. Okay. So they're starting to migrate, and a lot of them seem to be migrating to MeWe. So I went ahead and set up a. a awesome. Page there. I'm the youngest person in this room, and I had no idea what that was. That's, that's just because we're plugged in. They call it social I'm, media done right. Ah, uh, clearly out of touch. Oh man, I thought when you said done, I thought you were going to say social media dungeon, which <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> I can see a couple potential outcomes for that, and I'm okay with both of them. It's MetLife. <laughs> it is. There's no advertising on it. Wrong. And when they get big and they have a huge user base, I wonder if there's still going to be no advertising on it. Maybe. Hmm. Yes. Right now, there's. Zero advertising. It's it, it, and it's actually uh, it doesn't have a lot of that. Here's some other people you may know. You have to actually really go out and search for other mm-hmm. people. It's not much of a social media thing. Uh, uh, it's anti-social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will sync with your with your contacts and see if there are other people mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. that are on there. Horrifying. I have a feeling. I, I didn't do that. I, well, I went through. I said. Don't import all my contacts. Let me select which ones. And I'm like, click, 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 click. But all um, five of them. Uh, no, they were like. Well, no, it, it's joking that you don't like. It's it, there were like twenty, maybe like twenty 10. or twenty-five people who were already on it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But there's a group there. You have to. It's a closed group. You have to ask, and I'm usually pretty quick about adding people into it. Mm-hmm. There's not much there yet. <clears throat> But Sounds like I'll have to make a wee wee account. Once me wee, not we wee, not we wee. That's a whole different, different. <laughs> that's social media. That's, that's that life. It's a social media stream. Emphasis <laughs> <laughs> on the stream. <laughs> 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 that was super 
we're not sorry about anything right now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. This is starting off so well. Oh. Oh, man. Is weewee.com taking <laughs> I'm sure it is. And you have to pay extra for it. Don't Google it. I'm Googling it. Fuck that. Uh, oh, it's for, oh, it's the squatter sitting on it. Oh, oh, that's, what, that's, that's what, ironic. <laughs> I, I tried it with one E and two E's. Both both are being squatted. I'm so oh. glad my grandparents are watching this. Are they? <laughs> no. Oh, good. I have no idea. Is Tinkle.com Tinkle? <laughs> <laughs> So I do some new Tinky Happy Jack winky. social media media site called Tingle. Tinkle. Tingle is again. No. It's tinkle. I just under enunciate. All right. I'm bad at this. Anyway. <laughs> hi. Hello. Oh, you know, we have a convention coming up uh, President's Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. Or- we do. Orcon? No. We just had Orcon. We just... J- j- gateway. G- gateway. Gateway? Yeah, I think it's Gateway. LAX Hilton Hotel. I don't even know the dates yet. We'll figure that out in the months to come. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We were doing something. Oh, yeah. Podcast. (laughs) Party splitting and exploding dice from Johan from Sweden. Note to Stu. Please read when Taffy is on. That's awesome. How serendipitous. (laughs) I actually did read that, and I'm like, okay, I won't won't deal with this right now, because I I got it last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Hi, happy bags of RPG rambling of RPG ramblings. Greetings from the freezing Sweden, where all light is gone and the sun will not be seen for some months yet. At least with with a full time job keeping you indoors during the sunlit hours. Oh wow! I finally caught up. Woohoo! Oh, I should say, <laughs> he's talking about the backlog. Yeah. Um, the, I, I started getting some like nagging emails from my hosting company. So seasons one through eleven, right now, <coughs> I took them off the server. Mm-hmm. I've had a few people comment because there's always half a dozen, dozen people working their way through the backlog at mm-hmm. any given time. Um, I'm going to figure out a way to put them back up. I'm probably not going to put them up in a way that they're going to be uh, accessible through the RSS feed. I may. Zip them. I actually already have zipped them. Put them in zip files per season. I may torrent them. So for the completists out there who want the entire thing, I may put them on torrent or something so that you can get it. Because I, I don't want to chew up. There, I'm skating on the edge of like the bandwidth we use right now on my right. host, and they're like, they haven't said anything about. Bandwidth yet? They just say something about storage space because now that we're putting all these APs up, and mm. APs are sometimes four hours long. Right, it's quite a bit longer than most episodes, and there's mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. three a week happening. When right. did this thing? When did you start recording these? Two thousand nine. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like astounded by any human who re- listens to the entire backlog of these because I tried. There's a lot. I don't of have them. that yeah. kind of patience. Well, and they were also long. Like Especially would, like season three through season six, two and a half, three hours yeah. is not uncommon. Uncommon, yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of drinking you can do in two and a half, three hours. Yes, <laughs> and, and then a lot of horseshit rambling happens right after that. I think you guys have one and a half speed to deal with it. It's very funny. In the early episodes, listening at one and a half speed, we were probably almost unintelligible because we you what, are. early on, our biggest problem was talking too fast. 
because we mm. would start. Remember, we used to always go slow down. We used to like <laughs> do the slow down symbol. <laughs> Stretch. Stretch. Oh, it's stretch. stretch. For those of you listening on the podcast, we're making a, <coughs> I don't know how to describe it. A, a, a stretching motion a with your hands. It's like yeah. taffy. Yeah. <laughs> I found the podcast two years ago, and I was in need of a real podcast, not some fickle one that stopped after a few episodes. Well, that ain't us. No. <laughs> I scrolled and scrolled in my podcast app, and finally, the first episode with only Stu. I have since waded through the immense backlog, never giving up. <laughs> The podcast went on and on, and while generally of excellent quality, Tappy's disappearance was a source of intrigue. She With I, me too. I had <laughs> almost caught. Well, none of us really knew where you went yeah. at first, and uh-huh. then uh, like I discovered you had been posting on Facebook and something about your location was East Jesus. That's how yeah. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Where did you go? Uh, I East have, Jesus. Well, clearly, Never right. mind. I'll ask you later. Uh, I had almost caught up when I was distracted by the moat actual play, and then on the very first episode after that detour, Tappy was back. He is alive, or at least rambling around. Now to kick a dead horse and give you some something to talk about. Let me share a Swedish style exploding dice mechanic and the ultimate case of having split the party. Mm. The first one is for Tappy. When you were in a rut for Savage Worlds in the early episodes, there there were recurring discussions about exploding dice. There is a Swedish RPG called Eon, E-O-N? Uh, I guess? Eon? Yeah, uh, sadly not translated. Uh, which features a standard fantasy world with elves and such, as well as some crunchy mechanics. When rolling skill tests, a number of D6s are rolled determined by the difficulty and any sixes rolled are picked off the table and two new d6s are rolled in its place. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I got it. Making, but, okay. Uh, while slightly... I, I, I think I know what he's talking about. Okay. I think I no, no, right. no, I, Yeah, you take those off and you just roll too much. So the dice yeah. are literally exploding. Yeah. It's yeah. like the exploding cups in the... Near the end of Harry Potter, with yeah. it. right, um, and you could actually like roll a six, take it off, and roll two ones. Right. Okay. Um. Uh, taking off the table and two new sixes are rolled. While slightly different, that is still quite similar to the systems you discussed. The twist is that this is a roll below your skill to succeed. System. Oh, so you want to roll low? So exploding mm-hmm. dice are bad. Yes. And the bigger the dice pool, the harder the task. What do you think of this kind of reversed exploding dice? Discuss. Okay, so... Now, I'm, I'm, he didn't say, are they still adding the sum, I, I assume? It, it sounds like it's just adding the sum and getting and trying to get under your skill. Right. How and does then there is Well, I, I don't know. It yeah, doesn't, clearly, but, yeah. but the thing that's really interesting about this kind of system is rolling under your skill systems... I actually really like because you don't have some arbitrary number that you're trying to get over. Right. You are just rolling under your skill. So a higher skill obviously is better. Like GURPS. Yeah, like GURPS. Right. Um, so that one, it's a very elegant way to do your system. What's cool about this one is that um, remember when we were talking about Song of, the Song of Ice and Fire role playing game? Mm-hmm. And Joey was here and he was like, yeah, I played it. It <coughs> ended up being really boring the better you got because you have. Uh, this is also with like the early Star Wars. You roll like five d six or ten d six or whatever, and add them all together. Um, and because like 
of how just how dice work, rolling multiple dice, the more dice you roll, the more likely it is you're rolling close to average right. because there are just more combinations that are towards that. So it gets more boring as you get better. Whereas this one, it gets like when a difficulty is is less, it's actually almost more exciting because you have a wider variation of what you can roll. Right. Right. Um, and when there are more dice, it gets scary because then you have more opportunity to roll above your skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one thing that that you look for, and one thing in Savage Worlds that happens a lot, is like the game works well in being exciting, right? That's one of the things like the pulp action, right? Um, but because of the vagrancies of how the dice work, the better you are, the only thing you really do is mitigate risk. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the worse you are, the more likely it is you'll roll, your dice will explode, which is more exciting. Because you're going to explode 25% of the time on a D4 as right. opposed to mm-hmm. 33% of the time on a, right. on a D6. Or whatever. Uh, n- well, it's uh, 16%. 16%. But you're also rolling them together because um, you're going to be a wild card. So it's right. actually something like... Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I worked it out. I forget what it is. But... Um, uh, Basically, you just figure out how many uh, combinations you have that don't roll a four or better. Right. I think it's like seven or eleven or something. I worked it out before. I forget now. Um, but uh, really, like the the higher you get, the the more you mitigate risk, mm-hmm. which is for a, a pulp game is one of the the kind of troubles with it. That way, I think we were talking about here. Whereas this one, the m- the better you are, the the easier it are, the more uh, confusing, or or you don't know if it's going to actually happen the way you, right. you think it will. So I'm assuming you've got either a stat or a skill that you have a set number at. Yeah, and, and then the and difficulty under. of the action is, is how many determine how many dice. The more right. more dice, the more difficult it is. And so if you have a low skill, so you're, but you're going to try to roll under some kind of yeah. target number, probably in your character sheet. So if if you have low skill but easy thing, um, uh, you're still rolling. At your your distribution is still more than if you have a High roll, high skill. Right, right. Um, but it's, uh, and so I think I think it kind of intrinsically makes it really exciting because how the math is more complex, mm-hmm. um, and you can really like go for it um, when it goes to uh, more difficult things. Right. Uh, but when you do, it can go really, really horribly. Right. Um, it's and it's a lot of fun. One of the things I like about complex dice systems, because I'm not good at math, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult for me to figure out, like the roll and keep system. I will mm-hmm. never be able to figure out whether three keep three is better than five keep two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really want to know, because mm-hmm. I just this is what I got. Right. I'm going to hope. Well, which is what I want out of my dice system. <laughs> what's, what's, also, what's also cool about that, because they explode, if you're rolling seven keep two, you might have two tens. Right. Rather, as opposed to three keep three, you might not roll those tens. Right. So it, it is complex and interesting. Um, and this one, like this kind of explodey system where you're trying to roll under and the difficulty is rolling more dice, that's fucking cool. Right. And then the exploding, you roll two extra dice. Uh, I'm I'm actually really into it. Right. And unfortunately, I, it's not translated. Unfortunately, it's not translated. Um, I just need to learn fucking Swedish because there are like five or six games that have come out from Sweden right now. They're goddamn amazing. Now you had mentioned when we were talking b- before about uh, uh, that a Japanese system because 
they, they, the, the thing that, that you had mentioned is that these different cultures kind of have a different way of going about mm-hmm. role-playing, not just in mechanics, but with dice mechanics, but other mechanics as well. Right, or, or just, just general theme or the, the kind of feeling of it. Right. Um, yeah, it's a Tenra Bancha Zero, um, which is this old... I think it's from, like, the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what's really interesting about that system is all about accumulating karma, which in this is bad, and you need to clear out your karma... Because um, if you get over 108 karma, something bad. Nice happens, round number. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's also a cultural number. Right? Oh, okay. 108 has a, has a lot of meaning, um, uh, as opposed to just 100, which is a nice round number. How is that? I wonder how that's how that was arrived at. Why it is? Um, do you know, I I think it has something to do with a like mythological story or something. Oh, okay. You know? Eight, a lucky number. Well, it depends on what country you're talking about. Uh, for um, Japan, I know four is an unlucky I number, but because it's not like China. death. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. so too. Like China. Eight. Mm. I think that's China. I can yeah. swear it's. I could swear it's uh, no, because uh, well, no, I'll talk to you about re- it. Later. Re- regardless, yeah, um, it, it's 108 <laughs> for a very specific reason. Okay. It's a very speci- It's oddly specific. Right. Um, but also, there's this idea of kiai and aiki, which we talked about. Like aiki is like aikido, and kiai is like that shout you do in karate when you punch something. And so it's the same letters, but in different directions. So they have <coughs> vastly different meanings. Um, and so kiai is like uh, experience you can get from the GM from doing things, and aiki is experience you get from other players who give them to you when you do something. Uh, really interesting or um, interact with the character in a, a way that works for your characters or oh. stuff like that. So it culturally, like even regarding disregarding like the dice system and how stats work and everything, just how the experience system works is very interesting and very unique to that culture mm-hmm. and very different than you would just make anything in America. Right. Um, and there's some great, I just got this, I forget what it's called right now this really great uh, post-apocalyptic game from Germany mm-hmm. that, the, oh my god, the art's awesome. But it has it, its mechanics are again, really very unique and very different mm-hmm. than kind of the standard. We got into, <coughs> we've kind of gotten to a rut, I think, here in America with either hippie games or stat plus skill. Right. Um, and so... I think I think stuff like this is fucking cool. Like I need, I want to sit down and and kind of crunch these mechanics and s- kind of see what it looks like. Right. Because um, it almost feels like there's <coughs> going to be a point where no matter how good you are at something, um, there's a point where you're just rolling too many dice and getting too many d6s for it to matter. Right. Um, which is which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, having something be too difficult for you to do. But still have a chance somehow to do it. I'm assuming your target That's numbers cool. are fairly high. Uh, yeah, I, I would, assume. I would assume they're somewhere around. Because I mean, it, I mean, if you're if you're talking like ten dice pools of ten. Oh, I mean, you might be talking about dice pools of two to five. That's true. That's um, true. But if you have dice pool of three and you have a skill of ten, there's still a really good chance that you're not going to make that. <clears throat> right. Um, but if you have a skill of ten and you have a dice pool of seven, there's Oh, 108 degrees Fahrenheit is the internal temperature at which human body uh, vital organs begin to fail from overheating. Oh, good mm. to know. That's probably not. Um, <laughs> well, over 104, <laughs> that's when your brain starts to cook off, because that's right. when you get heat stroke. Uh, uh, Head Metal Jess says it's a yoga Buddhist thing. Mm. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, I also think that GCG, who um, created uh, Exalted, read this uh, game back in the 90s because there are a lot of like concepts in it that are echoed in Exalted. Um, like... Uh, <coughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's great. Like, War Striders and stuff like that are all in it, but uh, they're like... They have kids piloting war striders because they don't have too much karma. Because you have too much karma in are these, you know, in these like thirty foot magical robots. Then you get trapped in the magical mirror that actually is the computer that runs it. It's 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 bananas. <laughs> it's so cool. That sounds awesome. That sounds bananas. <laughs> I want to go to there. Yeah. All right. So more more games from more different countries and more different cultures. Right. I think like is. And like we were talking about outside. If you were to take some of those concepts and integrate them in an L5R game, oh, you make so something cool. way more authentic. Yeah. Or even not authentic, just, just very interesting when it comes to how that culture works. Right. Because one thing that we've discussed... And we've <coughs> it reinforces about, the culture, yeah, right. Is, like, you can come into it with a D&D concept in your head of how the culture works, and I don't think you quite grok with it. But if you have things like this, it kind of forces you more mechanically mm-hmm. into that culture. It becomes easier to play... It uh, easier to play it. It's like well, it's like what would uh, in in L five R. If you want to do something spectacular, you have to declare before you roll the dice. I'm going to hit my TN uh, plus ten. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll ten higher than I need to roll, and because because and if I do that, something more spectacular is going to happen than just simply hitting the guy with my sword, right? And we w- we had been talking about it and and had even considered coming up with a different way of doing that because it's sort of a bidding system. It's like, yeah. okay, I need to roll twenty on these dice, but if I can roll thirty, uh, I can like lop the guy's head off or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the the thing is. So, and like, it, but if you decide not to do that and you roll thirty anyway, yeah, so you just hit. You yeah. didn't. You don't get to. You don't yeah. get that for free. And for us, that's like. But Jim talked to John Wick. <laughs> Who is the designer of L5R? And, and he's like, samurai are people of intention. They don't do great things by accident. They do them because they intend to do them. So it's really it's a mechanic that's meant to sort of reinforce the culture they're trying to portray in the game. And I think that's a valuable thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, Let's just um, I was. This is only tangential related. Um, the idea you're discussing is a ludo narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, where the mechanics of the game are, or basically, I might have this wrong, so someone correct me. Um, Ludo narrative being the function by which you tell a story or, or receive a story is how um, also tells a story. For example, um, video games about pacifism, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you're like a really great guy who really doesn't want to kill people, but also between cutscenes, you're busy murdering everyone. Um, doesn't really the Ludo narrative doesn't reinforce the story narrative, whereas games like um, crap, it's not it's on the tip of my tongue. The one where you can do like an entire mercy run. Um, oh, okay. you mean video. like uh, Fallout? No, but because Fallout yes. you can you can do you can do that in Fallout and too. never kill anybody. Basically, if you can go through a game, uh, there there's a I'm, someone's gonna yell at me for not knowing this, but. Um, is it uh, is it one of, is it like it's uh, new? It's, oh, it's new. It oh. looks very much like Earthbound, but it's not. It's like a spiritual successor. Sans is one of the characters. Oh my god, I'm dying. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it, one of the things <coughs> is to show mercy to people in the game, and that's how you can go through the entire game. And that's part of the idea is that like they d- the game mechanics reinforce the idea of being able to not 
murder people. Do you know where that term comes? Is that is that a computer game term? I genuinely don't know. It's it's something that I've acquired over years and years of just being a nerd. Is it Deus Ex Machina? No. It's That's 8-bit. It's an 8-bit game. Undertale? Yes! Okay. Thank you. I'm dying. Is it, so is it like, like Thank you, Ludo, the, uh, the monster in no, Labyrinth? No, I have no idea okay. where it comes from. I will, I will send the answer to where it comes from with someone from next, for next week's Happy okay. Jacks. All right. I'd be interested. That, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. I'm assuming yeah. that, that term is used in computer games. Uh, probably, or just discussion. Or right. it, it, was, it was invented to describe the the, the issue at well, hand. Okay, well, let's coin it for RPGs and define it succinctly right now, <laughs> so it doesn't turn into <laughs> sandbox. <laughs> you heard, I heard that. You nice. heard it here first. Ludo narrative discusses the game mechanics, telling a story, telling the story, or reinforcing the story. It, Nailed it. It's a tappy narrative. <laughs> Uh, there's a game. Damn it! Uh, there's a <laughs> strategy board Ludo. game called Ludo. <laughs> <laughs> to the Google machine. Is it L U D O? Do you know how to spell? I think it's L U D O. L U D O. Ludo. Yeah. Ludo rules. Mm, I'll have to search this. I, That's interesting. I'll have to look at it, figure out where I heard it first, and then I might be pulling all of this out of my ass. In which case, I've invented a new term. You can coin terms. It's totally allowed. I'm Shakespeare and shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to his next. To my story on how to split a party. I was starting up a new game (coughs) with four players as an earlier game had been put on hiatus due to scheduling problems. The game was Vampire the Requiem, and for the initial session, the players were mortals that that, that was one after the other embraced under sketchy circumstances during that session. I meant most people are embraced under sketchy circumstances. I was going to say, how do you not get embraced <laughs> in sketchy yeah, circumstances? Hi. To say like, the least, I think like you got sketchy. You got swiped right, or swiped <laughs> left, or whichever swipe it is, and you show up and goes, hello, I'm a vampire, and I'm it's, going to murder you, and then raise you as the living dead. I have I have always wanted to play like a diehard Twilight fan who gets embraced at one point. And then you're really I sad see because... see that situation happen. Oh. Well, that's... <laughs> well, there was an NPC in the PTSD from this conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, I I had to work on stuff for this film for a very long time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, they paid you, didn't they? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, with blo- fucking blood money and not good vampire blood. In money. portions of her soul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like blood diamonds. Yeah, it was. It was so if it makes you feel any better, later I can tell you about the Christian horror movie I worked on. Oh, um, that sounds horrifying. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, 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 under se- sketchy circumstances during that session, no vampire owned up to the deed, and everything pointed to a single sire. Now they have, they still have guild or clans in Weapon, yeah, right? but they just they just have five. Are they um, actually? And then they have bloodlines that peel off that. But yeah, they have. They, they also have like. Uh, what do they call it? What's the, what's the term like? Not alliances. Uh, yeah, um, it, they're like factions. Factions. Yeah. Um, there's a, a that's, different term that they have. Different. For it. Yeah. Okay. So you have yeah you're you're born into your clan and you are I don't even know if they call it clans. Uh, I forget. It's been Might a be long time since I played it. Well, I think the bloodlines are like you can be like uh, Tremere, mm-hmm. if but then you your bloodline might be La Sombra. Does oh. that make sense? Huh. Because it's kind of related to that Tremere concept okay. of like 
the being in charge of everything, right. you know, hmm. master of your domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like Deva is one of the clans, and Toriador is one of the bloodlines because they're like the sexy clan. Okay. Um, so yeah, right. you're, you're born into those. Well, well, during character creation, I made sure each character knew at least one of the other PCs. Uh, the first session, uh, the first session ended without the players having met as embraced. Uh, the subsequent session saw each player meet at least one of their fellows with the suspicion of true vampires. In the third session, powers powers to be in the city enforced uh, forced them all into the same room to try to figure out who their sire was. But at the end uh, end of that, each they each went on their own way. This set a trend, and while during the rest of the campaign, some 30 sessions over three years, while they explored the mystery of their creation and tried to secure their own personal hideouts and contacts, they never again were all present in the same room at once. Wow. Whoa. I have thoughts. That's a lot of sidebarring. Yes. Yeah. Most sessions included at least a pair of PCs meeting up and the PCs did phone each other semi-regularly. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but while sometimes goals aligned, they never joined up permanently. I may write more about this game at some time later. I think there are a few factors that made this work. Well, it ran for 30 sessions, so you did something right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, that shit. alone is a feat. Uh, firstly, I had uh, good players, even as it was the first game ever for one of them. Secondly, we did everything at the table with no player secrets, so players not in the scene could still enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. Third, I was super careful to switch focus among the players often. You would have to do that yeah. if they're never in the same place. I, I had a goal to not, in general, spend more than five minutes before switching to another PC, ensuring that they all got to act promptly. Also, combats in Requiem are quick, and we didn't have, and we did not have very many. Sadly, the game petered out. Well, that's okay. 30 sessions is a good run. Yeah. Um, while I failed to make a bang at the logical end, and and we kept going. Um, then things like getting kids put put me on game hiatus entirely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happens. Um, but then they get older, and they can, like, turn on the Xbox by themselves, and then... <laughs> uh, but when talking to the players about the game... They are still excited about at the subject. One particular incident in the game is still super useful to put one of the players in excited denial, but that is a story for another time. Thoughts on this? Thoughts on this? Splitting parties, pros, cons. That's all for now. Later, douchebags. Best regards, Johan from Sweden. P.S. The way you Americans use fucking as an explicative is hilarious. <laughs> just, it, ju- it just makes it sound so kinky when you when you are <laughs> mad at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so fucking kinky. <coughs> right. So fucking kinky. <laughs> I blame all spelling mistakes on autocorrect on my phone that cannot figure out which language to use, thus avoiding taking responsibility. PPPS. Fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> there weren't th- there weren't any spelling mistakes. So uh, there are a couple of wrong words. Mm-hmm. Wrong words. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Spelling mistakes. No. So good on you. I only speak one language. The I from from running the moat game. Party splitting in vampire is pretty common. Yeah. It was hard to stay with the party given the nature of 
the way that the characters are built out and mm-hmm. how how it, it is as a game, it was really hard because trying to find the motivation of like why the fuck are you around all these other vampires? You've got to figure out exactly why you would stay. Why don't I get that. on a boat and leave? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would like to hunt people where you aren't. Right. Like, why are you yeah. not solitary hunters? <coughs> that's right? that, that, that's that's, that, that's an interesting point they bring up in the uh, second edition Requiem book. I think it was that one. Mm-hmm. Um, is that these are they specifically say these are all solitary hunters? They are not meant to work well together. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch and of we're Tom put cats. them together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a game that we had uh, also had tons of party splits was Monster Hearts. Oh yeah, yeah, constantly and constantly, and for most of the time, it worked really well. Yeah, I actually like running games to split parties just because I think there's a lot of things that are interesting that can happen with that, especially when they do start to cross paths again. Right. But I, I actually really sometimes I intentionally try and split up parties to see what I can get out of them and and try and isolate them and give people some individual story time as well. Mm-hmm. But to go thirty fucking sessions. Which I'm guessing is very kinky to say it that way. Uh, <laughs> Thirty fucking it's, sessions. Is yeah. many. Those are lots of fucking sessions. Yeah, so many, so hard, so hot. Uh, but that's uh, that's fascinating to me. That's its own kind of thing. Oh yeah. I I think if you look at it as if it were just scenes in a TV show, like mm-hmm. there are lots of TV shows where people like the entire party, quote unquote, is not in the same place at the same time. Well, as long as you yeah. like, yeah, you you pace it correctly in time, and you think about like where the um, uh, the movement in that scene is beginning to go down, then you start thinking about moving to the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's what they do in uh, the Star Trek game we're running, where they actually have a me- mechanic built in to that game where not everyone is going to be on the bridge at the same time. That's weird. And not everyone is going to be um, planet side at the same time. So they have an entire mechanic where you build side characters Mm -hmm. so that you can play as basically making a secondary character, I guess, Mm -hmm. or the ship. Or you can make ten ten of them. We're doing that on our game here. I I cannot wait till somebody uses my character. (laughs) Uh, No, I have uh, a Delton with a switchblade. Specifically, just a switchblade. Yes, very awesome. specifically a switchblade. What's they a Delton? Delton are the the shaved head ones. They they don't have any hair in um, in the first uh, Star Trek movie. The there was the chick who was one Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah, that one. I didn't even realize she was an alien. Okay. Yeah. The, the one where oh, it's yeah, like, I, I, I have to take the vow of celibacy. That I, one. I watched. I watched yeah. it in the theater. And then, and it we probably forgot it. We all we all thought it sucked. Yeah, basically, because it did. Yes. <laughs> and when the second one came out, we're like, mm. <laughs> and then it turned out to be rad. Right. Um, but yeah. Well, I was gonna say that. I mean, there are some games where it hinges on being able to split the party. Um, the only other game I've played that I can think of where it does, I've, we've had to split the party, and it didn't bother me, was um, Fiasco. So. Oh sure. Uh, which is. Well, well, that's also got kind of a round robin yeah. mechanic and to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and it's also sort of supposed to feel. It's also, or at least it was. What are you looking for? I just need a beer. Oh, it's um, in here. Oh. It was described to me as being, um, you're making a Conan Brothers film. Right. So as soon as someone was like, "Oh, it's a film," I was like, "All right." So the scenes kind of make themselves play out. Right. Um, uh, paranoia. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. That is that Absolutely. is one where you you have to because it's it's all PvP. Right. Well, not all, but mostly. Yeah. And horror narratives are really great for splitting the party too. Uh, I remember I was running uh, an episode of Phoenix Dawn Command. That's the first game I ever ran, mm-hmm. and I did sort of a haunted house episode that was sort of taking a riff off of the Haunted House episode from Buffy. So I was intentionally trying to find ways to split up the players so that they had to kind of face their own personal demons separately right. within this environment that they were in. And that was a lot of fun to, to try and intentionally break up the party and make them deal with their own tasks without assistance from mm-hmm. the other players. See, that brings up an interesting idea because one of the things that... I mean, a lot of, a lot of games, you make the party together. And what's the one question... At least one person's going to ask. Why are we hanging out? No. What does the party need? Oh, yeah. Do we have a healer? Oh, do we have a fighter? That's me. Do, do we have DPS? <laughs> we got ranged, <laughs> right? Because you want to make a nice, balanced party so you have all of your things covered. You split the party up. Yeah. Healer and the DPS guy are over <laughs> here. Damage sponge is over here. <laughs> These guys meet something scary and dangerous. That's why or, you make a buddy system. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that kind of makes. That can that can make for some very interesting dramatic situations when you take this party that especially like in D and D and stuff like that where if you get players who played for a long time and know the, their particular edition very well they're going to make a finely honed machine of a party mm-hmm. that can just peel off hit points <laughs> as a matter of course right. but you split them up and you put a couple of them over here and then a couple of them way over there suddenly and they're both in combat at the same time maybe you're you know, bouncing back and forth while they're ah. too comic. Can we get? Can we kill this thing so we can get over there? Because mm-hmm. we can hear. We know there's a fight going on over there. Yeah. You guys, oh man, you That's have your wizard awesome. and your ranged DPS and like one thing. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> and then a xenomorph comes out. And like, <laughs> why are we here? Uh, at the same time, waiting for another group to finish combat sounds like my own personal hell. Like oh, I would make it, I would I would alternate turns back to back course. to back. Uh, of course, yeah. it's just um, and I, I wouldn't do it in D and D because combat takes too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know it's kind of taboo to say like, well, one of the nice things about splitting the party like that is that I can like get up and pee or like play a you know <laughs> play Candy Crush on my phone while I wait for my turn. <laughs> but um, <'cause laughs> I broke in Taffy. Well, well if, you're, if you're playing the board game part of D&D, I can see how you would play Candy yeah. Crush. But when you split the party and there's actually like well, story look. going on, and you're like... Beep, 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 beep. You know, and I, I've talked about this before. I'm a, big, I'm a big proponent of the whole immersion thing. And if I'm playing, and I don't play very often, but if my character doesn't know something, I don't want to know it either. That's why right. you play Candy Crush. That's, so I would, I would. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd play Candy Crush, but I, I would <laughs> intentionally not pay Fine. attention Best fiends, to what's going on if I'm not there. Because you don't you get that whole Schrodinger's right metagame thing. Exactly. Like, would I have made this decision if I didn't know what had happened, even though my character mm-hmm. doesn't know and I'm pretending I don't know? Yeah, and if you're only half listening, then you, you're gonna naturally kind of ask your play like in character later like oh so uh anything interesting happened while you're (laughs) (laughs) he's taking notes he's he's writing down what the next thing he's going to say yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 no. (laughs) i'm 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 drawing okay (laughs) i I can't draw (laughs) all right anything else Um, on the Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. I think that's it. Right. Uh, just because D and D is its own very specific animal when it comes to things. Yes, and I think mm-hmm. that's where the nomenclature of never split the party comes from, for exactly the reason that she's talking about. 
Um, but for games that aren't D and D, of which there are many, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that big of a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be interesting. I mean, I, I like the idea of, oh, okay, you guys are exploring over here, and you guys are over here, and you guys get attacked because the healer's over there, right. <laughs> or whatever. All right. Uh, stop apologizing and stories from Joshua in Canada who would like to read that. You're, you, this is the first time you've been on the show, huh? Uh, it's my first time I've been on the, the, the fire yes, show. This. You, want, you want to do the next one? Oh, God, no. Why not? <laughs> I don't read long? out loud well. <laughs> oh, well, you've come to the right place. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And it's only a page. It's not like it's a jib email. Drink. There's a drinking game on Facebook. I, love I don't know it. if you saw that. I love it. I saw that. Those of you on the Facebook page, one of the listeners put up a, a drinking game, and it's got a whole bunch of bullet points of, about events that happen when you take a drink, and that's one of them. Mentioning uh, the length of an email and mentioning Jim. <laughs> it, it was epic. Yes. There's one for you, isn't there? The, the What's that? No, there's like a you drink if you do something. Oh, I'm sh- I'm sure there's buckets uh, of them. If I say amazing. rad, amazing. if I say amazing, amazing was definitely yeah. on there. Yeah. All right. I swear. Um, what else? Uh, make an, an allusion to gaming having to do with group sex. That's probably on there. <laughs> I think we did that. I don't, I don't know if that was. Have on we? There. Not yet. No. 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 no we just made a lot of FetLife jokes. Yeah. 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 That's true. I'm just. No, no, actually, I don't want to do it. That, that might count. Yeah, come on. Do it. Hey, if, you, if this is hazing, come on. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, you guys are yeah, making mean, and I'm I'm a, mean, I'm a mean person, but you guys are meaner than I am. But are you? <coughs> All right. I'm, Good. I'm meaner. Stop apologizing and stories from Joshua in Canada. Good morrow, douche pun. <laughs> Sorry, am I supposed to make one up? I don't know. Uh, I have been a listener. <laughs> I've been a listener of your gut. Go- of your guys' podcast from for a very, very long time. Your backlog was just a steaming pile at the time and had not yet become a cesspool of high-quality content. First off, as a Canadian, stop <coughs> apologizing for burping into the mics. Shit, shit sakes, we... Shit Sorry, sakes, we drink and burp all the time. <laughs> Laugh more than apologize. Okay. Well, it, I got the whole reason that there's a story behind me apologizing to Canada every time I burp in the mic. Ah, okay. I discovered years ago that you can look at other instances of iTunes if you on the on the web page or, or the the app on a computer. If you scroll down to the bottom, there's a little little globe with the, your country's flag, like a little circle, and if you click on that. Puts up this huge list of the iTunes stores in other countries because they don't always have the same stuff in them. The languages change, obviously, but even the podcasts, some of them don't like like our podcast because it has cussing and it may not be available in Saudi Arabia, for instance. But the reviews are separate too, so I would go to like England and read the English reviews, because I don't get the English reviews when I see, look at iTunes normally. Go to Sweden and see the Swedish reviews. Of course, I can't read them because it's Swedish. <laughs> but, like, Australia... But I went to all the English-speaking countries, and I would look look at the reviews, uh, New Zealand and Australia, and then I looked at Canada, and we only had, like, two reviews in Canada. One of them was a one-star review, and it was all about how fucking annoying it is that we burp into the mics and we're fucking children. Not, not fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not that part. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, that would be maybe a no. Le- very legitimate complaint. <laughs> that would be. But that we, be. we were acting like children. Yes. And so that's when I'm like, uh, huh. And then for a while, we like, because it was like a really scathing review, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I. Let's try not burping as much. And then other people say, why aren't you burping? (laughs) Americans, why aren't you burping more? And and so now I burp and apologize. Just to kind of poke that guy. (laughs) Anyway. But also not sexually. Also not sexually. (laughs) (laughs) More like a prostate exam poke. Anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) So it's a feature, not a bug. It is now. Uh, second, I want to tell a couple success stories. Mm-hmm. Story one, summer of 2016, I'm working as a highway line painter. Who cares? And it says that, first of all. <laughs> and my co-worker <laughs> expresses an interest in D&D. Sweet! That uh, same week, my son, 17 at the time, expresses an interest in D&D. Kick ass! I set up an afternoon to run in a quick intro uh, using the lost minds of Fandelver. Fandelver. We run through the first bit, a little bit, with the Goblin Cave, and they were amazing. They ran like a team of Navy SEALs, sneaking and stealth kills the whole way through. They don't even get caught in the ambush at the start. They see the dead horses and split up to either side of the road and sneak up on the waiting goblins, ambushing them. Oh, Yeah, don't get into fights, get into murders. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get that on a shirt? Sure. I want that on a shirt also. Really want that on a shirt. <laughs> At least crochet it on a throw pillow. Ooh. Or needlepoint. Yeah. After following the trail to the goblin cave, they hunch down and sneak through, covering their own areas of the path, getting uh, path getting the drop on everyone. It was insane, and so much freaking fun. Unfortunately, we haven't played uh, since my son became too cool and my friend moved away, but. I prod my son every uh, once in a while, and he seems uh, somewhat interested, but not yet. Hmm. Story two. I'm working away from home doing some bridge construction. Because of the location, we are staying in, the ho- in holiday trailers in a gravel pit instead of hotels. Perfect. They can't run. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> one day I grab my books and herd some of my coworkers in, into the one of the trailers and tell them to make characters. Nice. This isn't as bad as it sounds, as they have been interested for a while, but we never sat down to do it. We spent the night making characters. One is a warlock who feels guilty about his powers and is working for the church to try to redeem himself while keeping his powers. Another is an assassin for that same church. Sounds Catholic, no? And finally, a barbarian who wants to, who just wants to hit stuff. I run them through the same scenario as it is now somewhat familiar to me. Wow, what a difference. Instead of looking for an ambush when they see the dead horses in the road, the warlock says, I use Ignite and start, the, start them on fire. As any good PC should. Right. Burn I it. mean, Especially new burning players. dead horse smells great. Oh, tasty. <laughs> I stop for a second and say, roll initiative. Once they shoot... Once they shoot at you, once the fight is on. After that, it was a murder hobo holiday. In Cambodia. (laughs) (laughs) Killing everywhere. Fuck sneaking. (laughs) Fuck sneaking. (laughs) Also not okay. Um, They can come to us and we will kill them all. 
After that night, it was constant, can we play again tonight? For the th uh, three weeks we were on that job. We never really got to explore character concepts much. We would talk about the characters while at work, and a little, uh, uh, and light RPG, uh, sorry, and light RP, and a, li a little, but when it was game time, I gave them what they wanted. Things to kill and stuff to take. That's right. Well, to be fair, also, when you've been doing, like, construction all day, I think relaxing and playing a board game of murdering stuff, sure. um, that sounds great. Get into mm -hmm. really in-depth role-playing, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. Well, that's like, uh, usually, uh, a lot of people will run fairly light-hearted games at game conventions on Fridays, because mm -hmm. they know that, uh, especially in L.A., everyone just had to commute through rush hour traffic yeah. to get there. Yeah, after <laughs> a full day of work. Right. Yeah. And so I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want story. I just want to kill shit. Yeah. I just want. I don't want. <laughs> stabby, I've, had stabby. People, I've had people say that. Yeah. I just want to turn on Monster Hearts and watch the drama. <laughs> 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 Not sure what else to say, but I do want to thank you for the awesome content and the advice. Keep it up and ha have uh, have the obligatory drink and keep having fun. Regards, Joshua. Well, if I am obliged to do so. Thank you very Huzzah. much for the email, Joshua. You know, uh, people um, people like because <coughs> we did had a survey. People like success stories. Fine enough. What they really like is the Schadenfreude of a good horror story. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, we've had a lot of those lately. If you have good horror stories, give me a like a, a humanity scale of it, <laughs> like a humanity um, rating. Yeah. Right, because right, right. we had some awful ones. Really? Oh, like not stories about people being bad GMs or being. Bad gamers, but people being bad people. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them have been awful. <laughs> but give me like a a, a warrant, like a I don't know. I have to come up with some sort of rating system. So like, use like the the MPAA ratings. Yeah. Or also, you could just give a content warning if something's really bad. Sure. Yeah. You know. And then I can always if 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 I if I read if you give me one that's got a bad content warning, I'm gonna read it. Yeah. Not on air. I'm going to yeah, read it myself it. first because I'm, I'm going to see. But <laughs> and then I mean, that's the way to get you to read it. That's the <laughs> way to read it. And, and then I'll look through it. and I'll go. Yeah, we can do this. We can we can mm -hmm. talk about this on the show. Or no, this is like this is like this needs to be turned over to the police. Right. Because <laughs> we've had that. Yeah, we've had it's, stories that have been, that are that bad. Mm -hmm. In the earlier seasons, yeah. <laughs> the ones that are not on on the site right now. <laughs> Say, can yeah. make us a list? So, if you send us a horror story no. for between 2009 and 2013, please resend it. For a while, we started getting... Over again. It started to become a, th a thing of one-upsmanship, and we started getting worse and worse and worse ones, and finally I put on the brakes, and I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. I, I, I want stories that, like, that have some sort of lesson about bad gaming, mm -hmm. so, it, so it's that example of how to not play or how to not run a game, right. not how to not people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think how to not play is really useful. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I think mistakes. I mean, generally speaking, you learn a lot more from mistakes than you. At least you keep the lessons in your head longer from mistakes than you do from successes. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> successes you don't know what doesn't work. Right. Or you don't necessarily know why it did work. Yeah. Right. But when it doesn't work, you're not for fucking sure. Although, to be fair, I love that it was a success, two success stories using the same starting point. Yes. 
<laughs> it was like, but two very different types of successes mm-hmm. using the same starting point. That's interesting to me, just how differently groups will interact with the same oh, yeah. story points. And, and, it, and how often players just set shit on fire. Right. <laughs> As oh, always. It's the best. It's the best pastime of players. The, the, yeah, they love their murder and their arson. Mm-hmm. Arson crafts. Thank you for the email, Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, virtue of accurate timekeeping from Stephen Sokal. Who would like to read it? I got oh, it. Okay. You do it. Thus spake the Gygax in ye oldie Dungeon Master's Guide in the year of our Lord, 1979. You cannot have a meaningful campaign if strict time records are not kept. Now let me dissect this for a second. You will notice in High Gygaxian, the passive voice must be used. (laughs) 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 Oh... Sorry. Mm. <laughs> this is true. Guy Gax said a lot of shit. Yes, he, he did. did. He, he had a lot. It. He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. And some of it was smart. Some, some of it a lot was, of it was smart. Yeah. Some of it is. Mm. Almost all of it is in the passive voice, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the DMG. Yeah. <laughs> when he was conversational, Gygaxian, the passive voice does not always have to be used. Right. But in high Gygaxian. Always, always. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was heavy metal. Was it heavy metal? Jess that coined the term high. No, it wasn't. It was, it was someone on Twitter. <sighs> well, I can't remember what her handle was. It was someone on Twitter. I, I, it was the first time I saw the term high gagaxian. That's beautiful. That's, that's art. Low gagaxian. <laughs> oh no no conversation. Conversational gagaxian. There's no such thing as low gagaxian. No. Come on, let's be serious about this. <laughs> You don't have low Let's see. While to some extent I share the crew's derision over the absoluteness of the statement, I'd like to probe, pause for Snickers, this concept a bit further, only Pro. with consent. Uh, <laughs> on the Gyg- side of Gygax, there are various factors. If you can maintain fairly accurate timekeeping, it certainly aids in keeping consistency. If one doesn't pay much attention to timekeeping, you might have the player's sneak attempts hampered by a full moon multiple sessions in a row, or have the news of a player's exploits travel faster than would be reasonably possible, etc. That's fair. Depending on the context and the players, perhaps this is fine. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Perhaps this is fine, and everyone will be happy to embrace some more fun sequence of events. It won't be bent out of shape when they never happen to encounter the moonless night and can't seem to head off the enemy army or what have you. But it's also hard to anticipate what random details someone might be hoping for or waiting to take advantage of. Mm. This uh, brings up I, an interesting point because mm. you had a character. Was it what's it called lunacy? What was the name of the? Oh yeah, the Asa had lunacy. And I had to actually. I'm like because I kept track in the in my <laughs> one note when every session I said. Here's the, the date when the game starts, and here's the date when the game ends. It's almost always the same date. It's usually just a few hours. Some, mm-hmm. some yeah. game sessions... I think there were game sessions that... Like two or three game sessions in a row that would still have took place at this, on the, the same date. The one night. Well, yeah. one, one thing I want to point too. out with... Uh-huh. Werewolf 2, Razor right. Ridge. Right. I bet. Yeah, I had but, I had a lunar calendar for that fucking game. But I had to, and she had to remind me occasionally. It's like, well, let me see what the date is. No, it's only been a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's been ten <laughs> sessions, but it's only been a week. <laughs> um, one of these things, if you look at the examples that he's putting in here, these are all negatives for the character, and it almost sounds like 
looking at timekeeping as a way to make sure the GM isn't constantly punishing you. Yes, yes. And Especially like with the full moon thing. The full moon thing or, or yeah, the uh, the head off the enemy army. I, mm, I, this feels like a... I feel like I'm going to negate the entire thing by just saying, like, I've never had a, set, a game in any game I've played where they were like, mm, it's a full moon tonight, so if you play the next... First of all, I can never get a... I suffer from the D&D player, or gamer syndrome where I just can't get a long campaign going. Mm-hmm. But I've never really, never really had the issue because usually the GM is like, rolls a dice, it's full moon. Uh, and then you figure right. out another solution. Like, you never mm-hmm. hampered for very long by time. Mm-hmm. But well, that's also a lack of experience for me. Well, one of the things, I, I, what I want to mention here is if your GM is a fan of the player characters, you don't necessarily have these problems. You know what I mean? Because like, oh yeah, but you can, but it's a full moon. Sorry, or it's like, oh, but you can't head off that army. Like maybe because you, you also might just forget. But, right. It's also the possibility. That's kind players of players like those challenges too. As somebody who's played werewolf characters in like a garbage amount of games, like it's that's fun for me. That's well, why I play those but, characters is because I want to have that challenge there. But, but if it was every single time you did something at night, it was a full moon. No, but and that's so, why but that's again, timekeeping can well, be. I don't think I don't think timekeeping <laughs> there as much as I can give you a a something to make it more difficult, like a full moon, and then the next time you do it, I can do something else that makes it more difficult. Because if it isn't difficult at all, then it can be kind of boring. If I that's think it depends on the game does. too. I really do. I think um, it's context specific. Well, mm-hmm. but what it sounds like here, what he's saying is that he's used to GMs being. Uh, against the players, or, or either intentionally or unintentionally, right? Because I mean, I, I could see myself easily saying, "Is it a full moon?" Yes. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you want. You you asked me a question. I answered yes. That's what I generally do. Right. But yeah. I, I don't know if you're asking because you know it's going to throw and, a wrench in your plan. Yeah. And so, if if this person thinks that it's not fair because the GM isn't paying attention. Right. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, and cool. so it's a way that this person feels to make it more fair. Well, and I get that, but it's also like, a, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a shitty thing for the GM to do if they're. I'm I, not saying that's oh, no, a no, good no. thing. Of course, of course. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, um, it, like you said, it's a, a GM who's not a fan of the players is gonna, you know, shit on them every time. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it is a GM's responsibility to be like, if, if you know. Max says, like, oh, is it a full moon tonight because she's playing a werewolf character? First of all, I'm a good GM who knows she's playing a werewolf. And I could do, you, uh, you know, I'll say yes. And if she looks disappointed or if she, you know, you know, doesn't instantly th- start thinking about a new way around it, I can just be like, yes, but like a block away is an <coughs> amulet that keeps you from turning into a werewolf if, if you really need it. Like, there are all. We have to know your players. Yeah, we are controlling this world. We. If it is a full moon, if it if so, you can't sneak into this fortress. You'll fi- we'll find a way around for you if that doesn't if it doesn't if it ruins your fun. Yeah, I think it's knowing your players, and I think it's contextual, and it just it really depends. I think on a lot of factors. I think I should probably read the rest of this. I don't mind the idea of randomly rolling for that kind of stuff, and I, I ha- actually have a set of dice specifically for that. It's got like. A D14 in it, and like a D30 in it, and it has all these different dice. Like what, what, what day of the month is it? What day of the week is it? Or what day of the fortnight is it? Or I don't know what you use the 14, <laughs> the D14 for. But um, it's a computer game now, so you don't have to worry about it, right? But I don't. Uh, 
I don't mind that. If you're running a game where there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of glossing over time, where you're saying, okay, you guys are traveling through the desert, you have enough water, okay, it's going to take you like three weeks. So, yeah, three, four weeks later you're here. And you're running fast and loose with the the the, the pace of time passing. It seems to me perfectly fine to say, is it a full moon? I don't, well, I don't know how many phases of the moon there are. What, probably eight, I would guess? I don't know. Depends on how granular you want to get. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like 28 if you really want to right. be better about it. <laughs> I don't know if I have a D28. I don't think they make a D28. Anyway, but I mean, just rolling... <laughs> oh, you could use a D20 and a D8 and do it like a percentile dice. You could do is, is take a tennis ball and paint half of it white and half of it black and just roll it. <laughs> oh, no, get a, like a D100 and do that. Yeah. But um, th- that seems perfectly fine. If you're, especially if you're running... Fast yeah. with fast and loose with the passage of time. Yeah, but like when I was running Razor Ridge, I was keeping track of all of that because it depended on the different characters. Different phases of the moon affected them differently, and I actually oh, had really? a starting mm-hmm. date and a starting year. Yeah. Okay. So I actually had historical context that I was pulling from, and actual lunar calendars for that year. That's what I started doing when your character joined, and and then I for- kept forgetting to look at the... Yeah, but we weren't having swaths of time that were passing. No, time and, was crawling. Well, and in <laughs> Razor Ridge, we weren't either. Right. So, it made sense, and different... Um, uh, depending on what uh, moon they were, you know, like, kind of like the auspices they were born under, um, different werewolf clans have different reactions at different phases of the moon. It's not always the full moon for them. Okay. So, that was an important game mechanic. Right. Then now, how, how long a period of time did that game run in-game? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Probably a few weeks. <laughs> a week of and a half. <laughs> were, there, were there player characters who never had that prime moon phase for their Yeah, we didn't turns? really end up getting into much, which uh, kind of sucked I wanted to do, because it makes them more, can make them more volatile. Right. right. That's which what is I fun, but yeah. I didn't really get a chance to dive into that as much as I wanted to, because the... The actual in-game time did not pass very quickly. Right. A shocking. It never. So, <laughs> have any of you guys played a game in which that you've spent Fortnite's uh, travel? Uh, you know. In, sure. Oh yeah, character? absolutely. Yeah. I used to. I used to run an old group's fantasy game in college that uh, they they would have to travel, and it says, "Yeah, you're you're between these two cities, and it's 180 miles. Yeah. It's going to take you however um, long. I would sit down and just." The pencil out real quick how long it would take on horseback to get there and uh, that much time passed. Uh, Battletech, anti-mech. Uh, our GM, which has an encyclopedic knowledge of that game, uh, knew exactly how long it would take us to, at us to get our drop ship from that system to a jump ship, jump over to the next one, take that drop ship over to right. our next thing. I mean, absolutely had weeks and weeks and weeks go by in that one. Yeah. Years. Travel really games, I think, especially, or games where yeah. exploration games, okay, are the yeah. ones where you're going to have yeah. that. Traveler. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, all the yeah. time. Yeah, Traveler, every time you go into jump space, a week goes by. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's kind of cool because you're all kind of trapped in this small little space, especially right. if you've got like a 100 or 200 ton little ship. Um, and you're kind of forced to interact with each other. That's when they start killing each other's pets and things like that. What's <laughs> <laughs> happening in ours? Yeah, they, they, it was in jump space when it happened because oh, the idle God. idle hands of the devil's workshop, yeah. or idle minds, whatever it is. Uh, but we one of Dave had a uh, Kimmy had a character who had a pet goat, and she was the mechanic on the ship. And Dave's character was the he was like an archduke or something. And he was on the lamb, and it's and he owned the ship, and he got pissed off at her because for some slight, and so he sent told his butler to go kill her goat. 
gosh. <laughs> and they, it all happened in jump space when there's no one else trying to kill them, so they turn on each other. <laughs> what if you had a game where all of a sudden, like, ships started coming out of jump space with only one person left alive, and just the walls are painted in blood, and just happened again and again and again, and people are like, oh shit, and nobody knows why. Just people are just going crazy and fighting each other. And they come back, it's like, they all went crazy. I had to defend myself. <laughs> and just, but you can't tell if another one is doing that because. Uh, information travels in this at the speed of travel. travel. Right. So the information about it comes with the person who's now caked in blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, half the ship's on fire. Right. As it comes out of jump space. And then nobody wants to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go insane in jump space. And now everybody has to travel. <laughs> oh. <God. laughs> Somebody write that down. Remind me of it. I'm going to run that as a one-shot. I'll finish reading this. I feel like we probably discussed half of what's in the rest of it. Uh Uh-oh. I know. I don't know. It happens. Yeah. Uh, On the side of Arneson, for the sake of argument, I'll assume Dave and Gary disagreed on this issue. Clearly, sometimes strict timekeeping can bog down and hamper play, but I want to poke at how to do that in a controlled fashion. As an example of the struggle is an L5R campaign I was recently GMing. The PCs were far more proactive than I was expecting, meaning that they rarely took a break and managed to address most of the campaign within a couple days of game time. This is fine, except that there were supposed to be some long-term effects of the news on their exploits traveling and outside forces reacting. Unfortunately, in a feudal time period, it takes days (coughs) slash weeks for news to travel and for the armies to respond. So if I have those forces still arrive at a story-appropriate moment, the players may feel cheated, since the opposing forces couldn't realistically have heard about those things and reacted that quickly. But if I wait an (coughs) accurate amount of time, then the story is far less cohesive. A secondary flavor of the same campaign is that uh, I really want to slow things down to better embody the feel of L5R, but I struggle with how to do that without coming across like a wet blanket to player motivation slash momentum. Do you ever find yourselves trying to impose delays, exhaustion, and other methods of slowing things down? Thanks, as always, for your wisdom-like insight. Stephen Socal, The Grimace on the forums. Yeah, the Grimace. I've had the opposite, especially in, in Mode of Sin. For the love of fuck, guys, <coughs> get to the next night. <laughs> Mo- in Mode of Sin... Good God, sometimes. You guys would do something, and I would say, oh, once the prince on the mainland finds out about this, that's going to be trouble. <laughs> and so, like, two sessions later... Oh, it's still October 9th. No, no, he wouldn't have found out yet. Hmm. Because it it's like Miroslav who didn't use technology because yeah. he was an old world vampire. We took forever You're, in that game. T- t- time crawled. The, the, the largest period of time that passed was, I, I think, six or eight months. And that's because we had a break. And I said, we're going to start the game six or eight months later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... That was rough, and everybody tried to squeeze in everything they could within a night. Right, it's like I, I've, I've only like got so much time night before would never the sun ever comes happen up. Again. Yeah, right. Because there's only one night. <laughs> the sun will go down tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like because it was like it was never coming back again. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> I kind of refer to the same thing. I'm always told when I talk to costumers about like, why isn't this movie historically accurate? Because I'm that asshole, and that is. Sometimes historical accuracy doesn't fucking matter. It makes a better story right. when the prince hears immediately because he has messenger pigeons. Well, that, I, yeah. mean, that, I mean, you have magic. Yeah, I, in, that too. Right. In L5R, I always assumed that 
the Shugenja, I don't even think it's even mentioned in the book, have some way to communicate with each other over great distances. I just decided that. Well, I mean, you, you have Kami that you can talk to and bargain with and stuff like that. I right. assume that an air Kami would be able to transfer information to somebody. I would think so. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I just kind of made up a way for that to happen because mm-hmm. it just it makes sense. Plus, also, if you want there to be a repercussion, if if communication moves at the speed of travel, the party's gonna be gone. They will have burnt the town down by the time the people come up to give them their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's the thing: he's asking about slowing things down, and it seems the problem we've mostly had is like, Jesus Christ, this is taking forever. Yeah. So I I can't remember. At least personally, being in a game where I had, I felt like I had to slow things down. No. It's usually the opposite. Well, I think well, he's saying. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. I think he's saying that the party, no time has passed, but the party won't slow down. They won't take a rest. They won't. Um, and I remember having arguments in high school about like, well, my spells haven't recharged yet. I need to sleep. And that's a really great way to kind of impose that, like <coughs> exhaustion, and make just people sit down. That might be why he wants to slow things down. I guess I, yeah. I can maybe see that. I could see that. I could see. Yeah, like, that I could see. The other though, like if they're just burning through things in a what would be a theoretically short amount of time. Right. Well, and and like he's saying, you know, you know, they killed somebody, but armies won't show up for another three weeks, and so the rest of the campaign's mm-hmm. done by then. Right. And so, just have. I mean, there's nothing for you guys to do. I don't. I know it's sometimes difficult because my char- my players all love to talk to each other, <laughs> and so it's and it's entertaining. Yeah, and it's see, entertaining and awesome. This so, is a problem we don't have very often. I'm kind yeah. of at a loss on how to s- how do you slow things down. How do you slow things down? Exhaustion. Well, no, it, so, side maybe maybe side plot hooks or something. Side plot hooks. Maybe there's something that's actually environmentally causing something like they want to leave town and go somewhere and it's the dead of winter or something and they get snowed in or something. Oh that's maybe is he trying to slow down time or slow down progress? I think it's progress. Slow down progress. I think time needs to advance. Right. And progress needs to stop so that the armies can show up. Got it. Okay. And so So if the armies don't show up then he's fucked. Yeah if they've gone ahead and fucked off somewhere else and the army shows up Right. Well, and there's nothing wrong, and I guess it, it depends on the finickiness <coughs> of your players, but you're the GM, so why not make a really hard boss for them to take a while to beat, or a mob with pitchforks who don't like that you murdered a guy? L5R doesn't really work with, like, a mm-hmm. hard boss that's really hard Damn to beat. It. I need to play L5R. You don't, you don't really have, like, giant monsters in that one. It's more of, like, a guy who just kills you. Well, there are Oni, and there are trolls. Yeah, but in, in, in a situation where... It, Although yeah, the but, players generally just tend to run away from them. I'll tell you that for, <laughs> yeah. for a fact. Fuck, fuck that noise. Um, we out. But also, also for L5R, like, having armies move against armies, not against characters. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, a a summons to your daimyo is much scarier than an army. Sure. Or a, uh, a champion. A clan champion shows up. Oh, fuck. You're fucked. Right. Um, if you really want something that like it, it wouldn't be a two thousand person army to come kill the characters is what I'm saying. Um, with L five R, you have a lot more. You know, just figure out a way or to make pro- it so that probably going to be a magistrate's going to show up. Yeah, an emerald magistrate. Right. Um, and then they have to answer for whatever it is that they did. Right. And that's um, part of. The, I mean, that's 
I wonder if part of it is that maybe the players aren't quite in the right mindset for L5R in knowing that, like, if you're Daimyo summons you, you fucking show up. Yeah. You have to. You, you're, I mean, any character that doesn't, I, I would instantly give them an honor hit yeah. for that. And, like, if you do something really bad, you're not necessarily trying to get away with it. Right? Oh. You may just commit seppuku. Or at least go and confess your sins. Yeah. And here's here's another thought, just going back and rereading the, the paragraph about this particular game. Um, it's a long-term effect. They have moved on. Let them think that they've moved on from that and have those repercussions show up way later than they're expecting. Okay, you've pissed somebody off. They're coming to get you. And... Um, Unbeknownst to you, people in the other towns <coughs> are paying attention, you know, and they've got the advancing group coming and going like, have you seen these people, have you seen these people, or whatever it is, and have that repercussion show up once they think that they're in the clear. Yeah. Oh, and that's a very samurai thing to mm-hmm. do. I mean, you, you would have a daimyo who'd say, oh, we need to, that some of my people did something wrong, I need to go and, and you know, mete out justice, send a messenger in, in all four directions and, and spread the word that mm-hmm. that I'm looking for them. And yeah. eventually they catch up and your players are going, la la la, we did the, oh shit. Right. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, the people that are looking for you, they know you can travel too. Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah, and they know sort of the, the routes that you might go along mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can question people as you go mm-hmm. along and um, something I like to do when I'm running games sometimes just to see, just to throw a little spice in there is rolling to see, you know, if other people notice or if there's something that sticks out so that later it's like, oh yeah, that person that you didn't think was a thing at the time, they totally saw you go by and they gave information to so-and-so. Right. And and also in in L5R it really depends on what clan you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because if you're talking about the Scorpion, oh, they have fuck tons of ways to send information. Like, that information is probably there in a matter of, of Days, if not weeks, right? Um, specifically, like they have like the Yogo and Choshi Shugenjo that are good at that, and also just fucking runners and yakuza mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, you have if it's the unicorn, they have ridiculously magically fast steeds. Right. If you're talking about the crab, they she have ways to, to send. <laughs> <laughs> they have ways to send information super quickly because if there's an attack. Who does? Along the, the crap. Oh, There's yeah, an attack on the oh, wall. Yeah, yeah. they got to fucking know across the wall. Well, that's probably like the big fires of Gondor or something <laughs> right? like that, right? They're going to have the big... The beacons big, of Gondor are right. <laughs> um, But they also will have runners going up and down with, like, we saw something, right. etc. Um, and so every specific clan is going to have specific ways of sending information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the fun things about... Uh, about L5R is that you can really get creative with that with the cultures of different different clans. Oh, absolutely. So, I yeah. mean, it very well could be a number of different ways that uh, information is relayed. I will say it also sounds like based on... I could be reading a lot into this and it's non-existent, but it sounds like based on the tone of how he was describing people feeling like um, he, does, he wants to do this without uh, being a wet blanket to player motivation. You may have players who just want to be murder hobos. And That's most players. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> also guilty. No. Yeah. Okay. Because of that, like. But all players want to be arsonists. But <laughs> I wish I could say you're wrong, but I've done it. Um, but the it is worth talking to your players if that's the case. Like like all things, you should communicate with the people you're working with or playing with. 
And um, I mean, we have a lot of people. I mean, I would say it's safe to say that most of the people who play in our games here, they like it when the bad things they do have repercussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's always the case with a, with some players. Some players are are, are, are in more of a I want to win attitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where the winning is success for their character within the game world rather than telling an interesting story or having having a fun time. For some of them it may not avoiding avoiding repercussions may be one of those things that like but I'd have to do that in real life. I don't want to do that with the character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a valid that's a valid thing, mm-hmm. I think. And it, it may be that the, you're, you might be right. It may be just like a disconnect between what the players want and what the GM thinks the players want. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is I good eat. to check in with players. And also, I mean, we talk about it a lot with GMs checking in with players and making sure players are happy. If you're a player in a game and something isn't working right, for the love of fuck, please talk to the GM. Mm-hmm. Because that also happens a lot, too. Oh, like, yeah. Communication is both ways. And, like... Seriously, if you're not happy, something's not working right, say something. Good God. Or else you're going to get into a Gift of the Magi situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Master uh, <laughs> Combs and hair and, yeah. and gold chains. Mm, it's going to be fucked what up. What do I do with this coat now? Mm, um. Shove it up your butt. Ma- <laughs> oh, I cut off my nose to spite my face, and now I can't sniff coke. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just great, though. L five R. There's on your gums. Master Vidar says uh, L five R. It's not as fast. The hit's not as fast. L five R spell uh, <laughs> echo. <laughs> echo on the breeze would be your your communication spell. Yes. Oh. Also, heavy metal jest says GM fun is important as well. If your player's style doesn't match your own, you might need new ones. He is right. Accurate. It's hard, though, because like, if you're the kind of person who doesn't get a lot of gaming, you have to join a podcast in order to just play a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm, and also, we're, we, we, have, we, we have the luxury of, of being in an area that has a huge population density. Mm-hmm. Which it's means a you're have a, thing, though. But you're going to have a lot more players in town. Yeah. Than, I mean, if you go to Idaho... And you want to play L5R? There may only be Amen. five people in the whole state who even know what L5R is. I I played while I was in East Jesus because I had the internet. Right. Right. And not even a good internet connection. Like 750 kilobytes on a good day. And I could still play over the internet. Right. So, you know, Google, Google Hangouts is your friend. If it still exists, yeah, or <gasps> whatever the fuck hangouts you want to do, around. yeah. <coughs> Check out the Happy Jacks forums. Maybe there are people who want to play with you there. We do, we do, we do have, we do have a face-to-face game oh. announcement sub forum on there, where I, and, and I always suggest that people put the state and town you're in first, mm-hmm. and then whatever the game is you're going to run in the in the subject. That way, people can go through and right. say, "Oh, I live in Bumfuck, Arkansas." Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, bumfuck. <laughs> <laughs> bumfuck. Great Renaissance Fair out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The bumfuck Fair is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want to talk about what they export, though. Yeah. VFRF, yeah. Yeah, yeah. VFRF. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the leatherworking station, though, at Bumfuck is. Uh, uh, yeah, those intense. guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they work that leather so hard. <laughs> Hangouts <laughs> is dead. G Plus dies in 11 months. There you go. You're fucked. 
And back to the fucking again. There's got to be some. There's got to be some. I'm sure there. Well, what was the first? Doesn't does um, or is it maybe it's only audio? Uh, uh, Discord. Does Discord have video yet? Yeah, I think they have video, but I don't know if it's groups. Oh yeah, I don't know. Can you Skype it? Is Skype not a thing people can use? I don't yeah, know. I you never can. Yeah, Skype. but it's, it depends. It's, it's old. It, yeah. And sometimes. Yeah. Skype. Okay, I, <laughs> Skype is so problematic for me because I, it's like. Yeah. Now it's made by Microsoft, so it's like, but I, I want to have, I want to decide which audio inputs because I have five. I don't have one like most computers. I have yeah. more. <laughs> so right. and, and I'm sure it's in there somewhere. And then yeah, this audio input goes up to eleven. Right. Yeah. I do. I do. I write eleven on a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually crank that far, but he writes it down. I like that our advice to someone who's like, "How do I slow games down?" We're like, "Get new players." Uh, no, I think I that think used to be our that used to be our advice a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, finally, yeah, fuck we, these guys. We had a couple <laughs> people email us and like, "You guys live in a, ver- in a in a place with a really high population." Yeah, <laughs> my town has sixty people. <laughs> I have to drive two hours to get to a game store. Right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I got the people. I got. Yeah. Now a lot of it is like uh, come because they were sending it by telegram because they're in a town of sixty people. Right. <laughs> if you really need something to happen, <laughs> get ticker tape. <laughs> what are you wearing? Oh, send nudes. N o o d z. Because their memes are old too. Obs. <laughs> Ticker tape memes were the best memes. Yes, they are. Yeah. So what I was saying is is that um, basically is asking like how do I make this thing work and have it make sense? Right. Um, and the the answer is you just do more research about your game world mm-hmm. because and you can invent there's, shit. There's, yeah, you can invent shit. Absolutely. Well, it turns out the spell I invented is already in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 So uh, so yeah, your Shugenja can if you're running L five R and you need the people to know faster, mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. Now, Travel, they, t- travel time may still be a problem. Uh, they t- can still have carrier pigeons, sure, um, and and stuff like that. So unladen swallows. Yeah, you know, just try and make it work, or you just tell your players, "Well, you're going now." Right. That time is advancing. Now. Or you're not going. Or you're not going. I'm not quite sure. I think you've all collapsed from exhaustion. Like sleep right. the night. Yeah. Or. If you haven't been specific about what season it is, oh, by the way, it started snowing. Traveling, yeah. traveling in, in winter in Rokugan is a bitch. That's why people don't do it. Now, I wouldn't do something like a just arbitrary. You guys oh. are exhausted, yeah. but instead, it's like I need to slow you guys down and have you guys rest. So now, what I'm going to do? Okay, everybody, roll your earth. Okay, did anybody of you beat a target number of twenty? Oh uh, yeah, you guys are you guys are having a rough time. You're having a rough go of it. You probably should like stop doing things. It right, may, you give yeah. that, that that opportunity. So if some people do have a high earth, then they can feel like they can stand watch or something, or keep going if they want to. But right. the everybody has a a good uh, and what feels more fair and less arbitrary kind of mm-hmm. way to sure. make yeah. them stop role playing and let time go by. Right. It may make players also feel maybe they just it hasn't occurred to them to think about long term repercussions. It hasn't occurred to them to think about uh, basic human needs. So or decency, so they <laughs> they um, 
might just need they might not have thought about it so you're saying you know roll earth they're going oh i guess i should like stop and sleep or eat a thing ever right mm. i mean so. I, I mean I, a lot of a lot of our games we we sort of hand wave that stuff, but I don't have trouble with people, you know, blazing around super fast. We, we talked about <laughs> yeah. that a little have, bit. It's like, oh wait, there's something to argue about. <sighs> Three. Hold my beer. Especially, especially if you have a mixed clan party in L5R. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, that's the best. Hold, hold my beer, whatever. Is like, give me another one. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna be here for a while. Hold my socket. <laughs> and one one of the things specifically about L5R two, and I'm harping this specifically on this one game, but it's an example, is that the the celestial order is a thing. Sure. Somebody who has more glory is in charge, mm-hmm. and that person can tell them to stop. Right. Like this is not a democracy. L5R is. One hundred percent not a democracy. You do not get your fair say. And c- correct me if I'm wrong, but like, like if, if there's like a legal repercussion in what they're doing, magistrates are kind of a lot of magistrates are outside of the clan system. The Emerald Magistrates. Emerald yes. Magistrate. Mm-hmm. There might be one in town. So rather than the daimyo trying, the party outrunning the daimyo's messages, mm-hmm. which obviously they shouldn't be doing anyway. And if they're doing that, they're they're doing something very un samurai. Mm-hmm. But Especially if it's intentional, but he may send this, you know, whispers in the wind thing to the shugenja that works for the Emerald Magistrate, who happens to be in town or has an assistant in town, and that guy who probably has a higher glory or higher or higher status mm-hmm. can say, "Hey, come here, right? <laughs> we need to talk." Yeah, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, the one thing about I, I put Linux on my MacBook Pro. That seems like a bad idea. No, it's fantastic. Really? Well, this is this is like a six-year-old computer. Oh, okay. And it had enough upgrades to the operating system that it became almost unusable. It would take like ten minutes to boot. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to open my browser. And I get the little spinning beach ball. And it would never go away. And I'm like, should I reboot it? <laughs> or is it going to come up any second now? <laughs> should I wait? And so I... But I, I just put Linux on it. And it's like, boop. Boots fast. We need a browser. Boop. Browser's up. Nice. It's super... It's a very lightweight operating system. And there's not a bunch of a-holes trying to, you know, build viruses for it. So there's all kinds of security things that they... I mean, I'm sure it's a secure operating system, but it probably doesn't have to be as secure as operating systems that have a target on their back. Right. Because they're, they're used so much. There was a... Well, I know... I know... They're in this, they're, I know that Mac is based on Linux, but it, it's interesting that Linux Mint is running and boots in, like... A minute, and Mac OS boots in ten. So there's something different. <laughs> That's the, the, the masterpiece. Is it? Is it wafer thin? It's wafer thin. This decree is so. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Uh, just um, it, the on the subject of getting to know your players better. There was a, uh, something I had a GM do for my a game I played a while back. And, which I thought was like rev- mind blowing, which explains a lot about the kind of games I was playing before this. Uh, where he was like, before we sat down, we had made our characters, uh, and he, before we started the game, he goes, "I need a list of three. You could have asked. Talking <laughs> <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I need a list of three things you guys want to do in game." And it could have been anything. It could have been like, "I want to have a political discussion," or I think mine was, "I wanted to." 
cut a rope on a chandelier. And oh, like like real specific things that you want your. Characters it didn't have to be specific. It could have been like I want to feel like a goddamn hero, and that right. would be it. But like mine was definitely like I want to ride a horse through a ballroom. I want to cut a rope and ride a chandelier into the ceiling, and um, I forgot the third one. <laughs> but like <laughs> along the same line, right? Um, but I was like mine to me. Like, very, that's a very ins- insightful GM. But yeah, I, well, and that was the thing. I was like, holy crap! Like. I get to tell the story too. Right. Like I'm not just a hapless player who is, you know, the GM tells us what to do. So it's interesting. Like, and it was funny because like he could come up with he knew what we wanted. It was a several months long game, and we were able to. And he would, he, you know, there was a fight that happened at a masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my time has come. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself a goddamn chandelier. Like. That's what you. I need so, a horse. Yeah. Oh. I need a horse. Jump horse. Grab chandelier and then you hold on tight with your legs. <laughs> Never. And your arms rip off. <laughs> I pay money to see that. <laughs> right. But yeah, the Flying point. The, bad guy. the point being, like, he. It was a level of like interactive storytelling rather than just being whisked away by your GM to do right. whatever you know happens. And I thought that was kind of cool, and I would try it again, but. Again, I never play games. That's a good idea. That's a, that's, a, that's an idea I might steal. I like that. I like that. I mean, that gives you oh. that gives the GM sort of like a to do list of things they can check off. It's like here's here's some cool things the players want to be able to do, or or, or, or if they're you know overarching things. Mm-hmm. That's I, an interesting idea. Kind of as as long as the players don't feel like they deserve that it's required. No. You know what I mean? Because like, oh, you didn't you didn't do I didn't get the swing from a chandelier. Ah, oh, it's like well, oh. I. I also am not beholden to these things. There's things you'd like to do, and I like to keep it in mind. And everybody, yes. and that's the understanding the GM has with the players, and the players have with the GM. Yeah, and it was a yet kind of situation. Like, uh, I haven't ridden a horse to a ballroom yet. Right. And it was, uh, and if you're a proactive player, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you don't have to do it. It's sort of a right. But the and situation it, presented itself. And there's always those situations where, like, we're we're in we're in a giant ballroom, and it's like. Is there a chandelier here? Oh yeah. And if you've if you've got that on your list of things you want, the gym better yeah, be better say yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I am all about using fucking environmental objects in games. Oh yeah. Too. yeah. Like uh, it's funny. The first game that I ever ran was Phoenix Dawn Command, and one of the prime mechanics of that is putting environmental objects on the table into the game. So you actually write out what it is in the room, and if they can use one of those environmental objects, they get to draw an extra card. So oh, it actually okay. gives them an advantage to use something that's in the environment that they're okay. in. Every time I hear Phoenix Dawn Command, I just see jumpsuits with like a space <laughs> patch on them, you know. And it's so not that <laughs> like, like at big, all. That, like Last Starfighter kind of shit. It totally right? sounds. Yes, Doesn't it sound like absolutely. a sci-fi game. Yes. I've never heard of it. So in my head, it's Phoenix Wright. It's where like you, Ace Attorney. It's it's the game where no. you die to level up. Yeah. It's so well, good. To be fair, L5R First Edition is also kind of like that. Oh, was it really? Like, when you die, you get to make a new character with more XP. Experience, XP. So okay. you make a better character than the one that died. Because clearly, as a player, you're not doing very well, so you Ooh. need an advantage. <laughs> no, it's, it's to reward you for oh, being oh, a samurai. Right. Right? Oh. Because death in that game is not the worst thing. Right. In fact, that can be the best thing you can do. Oh, that's true. You know, that makes like, sense. That makes like sense. there's the story with that Jim always tells that was amazing, where we've been playing this, our first L5R campaign, been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then he was in a duel, an uh, Iaijutsu duel, and he realized, oh, it would be best for my clan if I lose. 
And so he did not pull his sword and got Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. Right. Um, no. And then and so you get rewarded for that. You know, and I think that's a very interesting mechanic. Same with Phoenix Dawn Command. It's a very interesting mechanic about that. I mean, with Phoenix Dawn Command, that one you're actually still becoming a new character. Like, it's still the same character. Yeah. But, you um, come back weirder and stronger every time, and it's really cool and fun. <clears throat> and you become, come back, how, how do you come back weirder? Well, because um, basically... You have to put Tappy on your character sheet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you uh, eventually all characters become tappy. Uh, uh, but basically, you have sort of like what the concept of your character is that you're heading towards. So I had a character that had, um, when I was a player, had died, and they were basically a berserker that had a wolf pelt. And every time they came back, that had absorbed more and more into their person until they were basically like a nine-foot-tall werewolf. Okay. We had one guy who... He died because of secrets, and he came back every time he became a little more wispy and less tangible. Oh. So, depending on what your character concept is and what their ultimate form would be if they became essentially like a godlike creature, what would that be? And every time you come back a little closer to that. Oh, okay. But also maybe a little more distant from being human. Right. For those of us without access to Google at this very moment, explain what Phoenix Dawn Command is. (laughs) So Phoenix Dawn Command is a card-based game that Keith Baker uh, created, and it's basically, um, there was this seeping darkness in the world, and there has been this group of phoenixes that have been fighting it off, and a phoenix basically is reborn, uh, they die in their mortal life through a variety of ways, and a flame chooses them to come back. And they can die up to, I think it's uh, seven times? It's been a while since I've run. Um, Unless you're a cat. 100 Unless you're a cat, (laughs) yes. And then you get nine. And uh, you come back to fight the the darkness. So if you die because of secrets or something Mm that's hidden from you, you can come back as a shrouded. If you come back because you weren't strong enough, you come back as a durance. So you're a stronger type of character. So um, whatever the reason was for your dying, you come back. But it's actually a card-based game. So it's um, a little less, it, the chances of dice rolling, a little bit more resource management. Like, okay, I have this available to me right now, and I've got this power that I can use. And how, what am I going to split up between offense and defense and everything? But it's, <coughs> uh, it's kind of its own time frame, too. It's definitely not space. I would say it's almost more Roman, but it's not that either. It's like its own kind of fantasy bubble. But it's really, really fun game, and it's fun as a GM because you want to give characters a way to die dramatically, and depending on how you die the next, the subsequent times in the game, you don't have to go back through the same school. So if you died because of secrets the first time you came back as a shrouded, and you died the next time because you weren't strong enough, you could go through the Durant thing and actually get stuff from the Durant school. And so you can build out a deck in a different way, so long as you can say, "This is why my character died." I didn't realize it was, a, like, there was like a almost like a deck building game. <laughs> it is in a way, but it's not like a traditional deck building game. So when you level, instead of going, "Okay, I checked this off on my character sheet," you get here's the cards that you get. Okay. So you get mm-hmm. one that can, you know, you get a higher strength card. So uh, if you pull that up with another power, you can hit harder, or you pull up. Um, I want a power from this school because I died for this reason. You can use that later. It's oh. really, really so you can have like some of your your um, uh, like equipment can also be cards. Well, and you yeah. don't really have equipment. The one thing that you have uh, is your talon, and your talon is actually made out of uh, Pyrene steel. 
And so that is the one thing that comes through with you every single time you die. Please tell me your berserkers, one of those, was a ticking clock. Uh, it was... Because my love for yeah. you is ticking clock, clock berserker. berserker. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, you like, like to make, make me fuck berserker? Because <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be the best joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mine did, <laughs> mine did transfer, though, because she started out with a Pyrean steel axe. And then as she came back, it transferred more and more into actually she had these big metal claws instead. Cool. But it's uh, it's a very open system in that way where you can really create any kind of character concept you want. So cool. do you have, is it like a card deck that you draw from and then like discard, etc.? How many cards are in your deck? It depends on what level you are. So what's the most you can have? Three. I don't three? Know. Okay. No, three. Uh, it's Threeve. I can't Threeve. remember. Three. Uh, that's all celebrity Jeopardy SNL joke. Uh, but I can't remember because it's been a while since I've run the game, and also I'm on my third beer. Okay. All right. I just I'm really numbers. Inter- I love card mechanic systems just because they're really complex. If you want to talk about like things being like crazy, like the humankind has never dealt out all of the possible. Uh, deals of a uh, deck of cards. Of 52. Of 52 cards. We've never done all of the shuffles. In fact, if you had a billion people... That's 52 uh, factorial, right? 52 factorial. Yeah, yeah which is around, I think it's just under the number of mo- a number of atoms in the known universe. Good. It's, it's something like 1.13... I don't remember. So yeah, it's like see, time times to the sixty second or something. Worms, Roxanne. Worms. Eight point oh six five to the sixty seventh. Sixty seventh. Yeah. Um, tarot is uh, like one point one times ten to the one hundred fifteenth. That's because it's got seventy eight. Because it, yeah, it's, it's seventy eight. I was going to ask. It it's was, it's nutty how complex that is, and so it's really interesting because. Like even just thirty cards. One point one three two to the hundred and fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even just thirty cards. That's thirty factorial. Right. So that's an insane amount of unique shuffles you can do with that deck of cards. Right. I should run it for a one shot Saturday. It's a little harder for that, but it's awfully fun game. Oh it's, yeah. Uh, it's really unique, and I I really love it. And it was the first game I ever ran as a GM mm-hmm. on a live stream because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I've, never, I've never GM before. <laughs> Do it in front of a live audience, you say? Why not? <laughs> yes, please have some. Excellent. <laughs> Which would be. Taffy, you and I like very different things about games. Okay. <laughs> You're like, it's so complex, the rules. I'm like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> elegant. No, no, no. Rules don't have to be complex. The, uh, uh, an elegant system is one that um, allows you to move through it quickly and has rules that support the type of game you want to play, like we were talking about yeah. before. The fact that cards, cards, it's very difficult. What I was interested in this, it's very difficult to use card, a pure card mechanic for a game system. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I've seen a couple try and do it and failed miserably. Not exclusively, yeah. I mean, I mean, and it is yeah, exclusively ex- with, it's without exclusively any die rolls. Right. Like, uh, um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Deadlands. Did a thing and um, uh, also uh, Savage Worlds. Yeah, but, cards, but, but just for just a couple for of things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, Phoenix and Phoenix was never boring. Yeah, it was always interesting and it was always 
this really fun, am I going to get what I need? Mm-hmm. And then even if you didn't, how do I work with what I have? Okay. Yeah, huh. yeah too many rules is stupid. Yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons why like games from the 90s and early 2000s have shifted considerably. Right. Um, just because they're just trying to be too simulationist. Um, and that's not a good thing. That's when I started um, playing, so... Yeah, and that's... Heartbreaking. Yeah. And why would you try to be simulationist when GURPS has already perfected it? <laughs> you know, that's one thing. Uh, Cyberpunk 2020, they had a... Oh, it's all right. You prune of screwheads. Listen up. I think is the name of their <laughs> combat supplement or something like that. It was it was around that phrase. Um, and then at the beginning, uh, Mike Pondsmith uh, did this whole thing of like I've gone through tons and tons and tons of real world like uh, uh, reports to put together this the most accurate. A depiction of gun combat anyone's ever done. It's like, well, why? You get shot with a gun in real life and you die. I don't want to do that in game. Well, that's what happens in Cyberpunk, very specifically. Right. Like, it's one of those games where you don't want to get into fights, you get into murders. <laughs> um, and so, like, you win murders pretty easy. You don't yeah. win fights. No. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you win fights, pure victory. Uh, yeah. Right. It it hurts. Right. Um, but he's trying to do too much simulationist. That's why we've moved way away from that right. um, to games. Well, I remember like when we when we when we interviewed Steve Jackson, who made GURPS, mm-hmm. um, he talked about the fact that he read a bunch of medical journals about wound pathing and uh, uh, hydrostatic shock mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff to sort of figure out. And I think they were doing it mostly to figure out what the damage range would be for certain kinds of things, right? Because you, I mean, you you want to know. In a, in a system that's that granular, you want to know what's a thirty-eight caliber bullet going to do compared to a two-two-three, right? Right. It matters. That's why they make both of them. Yes. You don't go boar hunting with a two-two-three because you're probably not going to knock the boar down. You're just going to piss it off. Well, it's going to be hurt, but it may be hurt. It may not be hurt enough to not come and fucking gore you. Right. right. <laughs> well, Whereas a three oh eight is probably going to knock him yeah. out. Because well, and there are different ways that bullets actually kill you. Like oh, the sure. larger ones punch a hole through you and you exsanguinate, and then the ones that are moving faster but are smaller weight do hi- kill you through hydrostatic shock. Right. And uh, do you really want to do all of that in your game? Well, no. But you want to. You want to. You just want the numbers to reflect that. Right. So exactly. you're going to say, well, I'm going to do X amount of damage, whatever we're going to call damage, whether it's hydrostatic shock or or it's yeah. bleeding or whatever. So you're going to say that murder points, right? Murder points. So <laughs> a, a 308 is going to have more murder points than a 223. See, I don't necessarily think that you want it to reflect that because I think that cutting somebody from collarbone to hip with a katana is fucking awesome. Oh, absolutely. But sure. in in real human life, you probably get stuck on a bone <laughs> through there. Probably the collarbone. <laughs> yeah, probably probably that collarbone. Collarbone's connected to <laughs> the. the Heart bone, <laughs> heart bone connect to the ankle bone, <laughs> and so that's impressive and also sad. You should see a doctor if your heart bone is connected to your ankle bone. And those, right, if you have a heart bone. <laughs> For those of, you, those of you who haven't seen Tappy from the waist down, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's so weird. He has no lower torso. Yeah. It's like ET. Yeah, I walk on my hands. <laughs> All right, let's let's call this. <laughs> Why no? But this is, this is so entertaining to me. We just got to the good part. I have to go hang Christmas lights tomorrow. Uh, Jack's gotta, Jack's you see a new set of them. 
Ooh, oh. Christmas news. No, you said you have to hang Christmas lights. So, yeah, come on, Christmas news. Hang little Christmas Hang sh- elf on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please do. <laughs> that fucker wouldn't stop watching. I had to do something about it. <laughs> With his eyes poked out. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing that for a one shot. That's the big bad. Okay. <laughs> right, on the shelf. Yeah. yeah, I've got it. Zachary has a, a, a Boy Scout uh, community service thing tomorrow, and I'm one of the adult volunteers. Sorry, Boy Scout community service sounds like they went and did something terrible. <laughs> 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 oh, you need hours now for. for even Tenderfoot, you need hours. Oh, for Tenderfoot, you, you need needed hours show. before for like uh, yeah, like Star, star and Heart, yeah. yeah. Life, not heart. <laughs> Been a while. Huh? Life, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, song. <laughs> Where Thank you for joining us for season twenty-three, episode three of Happy Jack Jumping Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm still Mac. I am not still Tappy. I never stopped being Clara. And don't you ever. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you next Friday. And don't forget, uh, we got games on Sunday and Monday and Wednesday. And then we'll be back again next Friday. Happy Jackson Works Slash Live. You want to see us there? Thank you very much. We'll leave you the song. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> Which one returns the volume up? <laughs> Success. I was never tired of resorting to the alehouse and the playhouse and the other house besides. But I told me brother Seamus, I'll be off now and grow famous. And before that I return again, I'll roam the whole world wide. So it's goodbye, version Durkin. I'm sick and tired of working. No more I'll dig for preties. No longer I'll be poor. As sure as my name is Barney, I'm off to California. Instead of digging preties, I'll be digging lots of Well, I courts the girls in Blarney, in Antium and Killarney, in Dublin and in Kerry, down to the coast of Cork. But I'm tired of all this pleasure, so now I'll take me leisure. And the next time that you hear from me, I'll write you from New York. So it's goodbye, Mershing Durkin, I'm sick and tired of working. No more I'll dig for preties, no longer I'll be poor. As sure as my name is Barney, I'm off to California. Instead of digging preties, I'll be digging lots of gold. Goodbye to all the boys at home, I'm sailing far across the foam to try and make me fortune in far America. Where there's gold and silver plenty for the poor and for the gentry. And when I come back home again, I never more will roam. So it's goodbye, Merchant Durkin. I'm sick and tired of working. No more I'll dig for preties. No longer I'll be poor.
When I landed in America, I met a man named Burke. He told me if I'd stay a while, he'd surely find me work. But to work he didn't find me, so there's nothing here to find me. So I'm bound for San Francisco in California. So it's goodbye, merchant Durkin. I'm sick and tired of working. No more I'll dig for preteens, no longer I'll be poor. As sure as my name is Barney, I'm off to California. Instead of digging preteens, I'll be digging lumps of gold. Well, I'm now in San Francisco. And me fortune it is made Me pockets loaded now with gold I'll throw away me space I'll go back to dear Erin Spend me fortune never caring I'll marry to a fine house And never more will stray So it's goodbye merchant Durkin I'm sick and tired of working No more I'll dig for preteens No longer I'll be poor As sure as my name is Barney I'm off to California Instead of digging preteens I'll be digging lumps of gold the preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.